This week on Weekly Kingdom Outlook, we're going to discuss the religious spirit. Let's go. Greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you. And this is a painful topic to me a lot of times because um, as uh, prophets and apostles will attest, they deal with the religious spirit a lot. They don't deal with just religious people, which is we all confront. So, But we're going to see how it manifests in the body of Christ or in religious people. But we have to remember that we're actually wrestling against spirits. Wrestling against spirits... We're not talking about demons. We're actually talking about powers and principalities. And a lot of times people don't know the difference that demons aren't the same as principalities. Uh, and a lot of Christians need to have a good, <laughs> get a good grip with understanding these different things and what it, what it actually is and what you're wrestling against. But let's just, for, for the sake of this, we're going to go through uh, Ephesians 6. Today, just pretty quick, just so we could talk about this. It says for 612, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So I want to explain to you, we're not talking about a demon in someone. <clears throat> That's different. And Paul's not talking about here about pulling down demons, which a lot of people think are pulling down principalities. You pull them down, where are they going? So we, we need to get a real grip, a spiritual understanding of what he's talking about here. And he's actually talking about, you know, number one, when we're putting on the armor of God, it's our priestly garments. I find myself that, you know, let me just say this today. <clears throat> it's, uh, let's see, September 28th. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, say this, knowing that I could get in trouble for it. But, oh well, you know. Um, Randy passed away, I think it was September 14th or 15th, 15th maybe was the day. I forget. I have to look at my thing because, to be honest with you, it's been kind of a whirlwind. But I started getting attacked in my own city again. And, you know, part of the reason is Todd, you know, even though they know I didn't send. They're mad that I, there's a religious spirit that is mad that I would go to a brother and help restore a brother. Remember, Barnabas did it to Saul. There was a lot of people who didn't trust Barnabas because he went and got Saul. They didn't want him to get Saul. They didn't trust Saul, as we know as Paul, you know, and, and so, and I get that. Like, that was legit, okay, but... Let's talk about how the a religious spirit uh, gets into the mindset, gets in, and people don't realize it. Look, I've been with leaders, good people, people I love, have no spiritual clue of what's going on. Even though, I mean, they literally don't. They're just not, there is something about the apostle and prophet that's not the same in the evangelist, pastor, teacher. I hate saying that because it seems elite. It's not. Randy, you know, one of the things that Randy said to me, this was back in, uh, I think this was May or June. I drove down, just have lunch with Randy. for. We had lunch for about three hours and we just had the greatest time. We just talked and shared. But one thing Randy looked at me 
And he said this to me. He said, son, as a prophet, you have in you things that other people, as an apostle, you have in you things that other people don't have. Now, I struggle with the apostle prophet thing because I was ordained a prophet and then God called me to be apostle. I don't think I'm fully in my apostle mantle yet. Like I'm seeing the fullness of that yet. I'm still laboring in that to let that grace completely flow out. But it is, it is I, I, I would think it, you go, well, is that scriptural? Paul was amongst the prophets and teachers at Antioch. And then all of a sudden he's apostle Paul. So um, that's a struggle. Uh, and I want to tell you, that's one that I grappled with too. I just, you know, when you get prophetic words from like seven different prophets, recognized prophets about your calling, you you better stop arguing with God. That's kind of my thing. Like too many people argue, why don't I, I you know, by the way, God has often spoken to me <laughs> and, and, and said my doctrine was wrong. You know, I mean, in the years, that's how I learned revelation. That's how I've learned the scriptures is like I would be in church and they would be teaching me something and I go back and study it and and the Holy Spirit would begin to unravel their their doctrine and show me true doctrine. And then, of course, 10 years later, it becomes mainstay. You know, it becomes something that people are now uh, understanding better. But I mean, that's how I, I mean, that's part of what's been given to me. And uh, that upsets people. Well, it's, I mean, I get it. You know, I don't have the world, maybe I don't have the worldwide evangelistic ministry, but what I have is excellent and it's from God. And so uh, I do that because I, I I watch people who don't have a lot of the certain, for me, I'm always checking my actions. When people tell me, look, I consider every day, I don't consider everything a test. Problem with most Christians is every when here's my problem. I, and I wrote this on Facebook. I've been a little boisterous this week. <laughs> I refuse the idea that someone's religious spirit is my test. No, it is a false spirit masquerading as holy, righteous, and true. But those who walk in unforgiveness have a have a different spirit. Was the religious spirit of Jesus Day his test? Or was it his battle? Whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones is not a term of endearment. I always choose to forgive the person, but I don't negotiate with the spirit. And, uh, and I don't negotiate with demons, and I don't negotiate with the Holy Spirit. My deal with the Holy Spirit is you tell me what to do. Sometimes I have men who try to, you know, do other things. I, I've got to be true to the spirit. And, you know, part of my deal, part of why I'm sent to Jacksonville, why I'm sent by God, is to deal with this spirit. By the way, this has been prophesied over me over and over and over. Ryan White gave me, a, uh, let me see if I got my book, an amazing prophetic word years ago. Oh, Jesus. I do have some I'm going to talk about, I think. Um, but you know, you better know your calling. You better know your battles. I, I just don't like when people masquerade it as something good when I know it's not. Um, I think a lot of people would rather, um, um, tolerate the religious spirit than deal with it. 
Listen to this. This is a word from Ryan Wyatt. Lewis, you are a Samuel to a soul system. You are Samuel to a soul system. There is an anointing like a hammer that God has blended the apostolic and the prophetic together with you because you're called as a Samuel to a soul system. And you have an anointing to break down and tear down the political and the religious spirit. And that's the thing you've butted heads with for so many years in your life. And it's because God has been fastening you and shaping you to be a Samuel to a soul system. And I literally see that it's the apostolic edge that's come to you in the last few years is because you are going to take the prophetic anointing, the apostolic anointing upon your life, and you're going to make it transferable. You're going to make it equipable. I literally see like a cloud of glory coming upon uh, coming on people as they get involved with this ministry and that political spirit and that religious spirit is literally going to be broken. It's like the spirit of prophecy, the spirit of God just coming on them. And ah, literally your anointing, your calling is to host the Holy Spirit and be a Samuel to a soul system. And Father, I thank you for the increase right now tonight of your word that is like a hammer God, your word is like a hammer, just as fresh overshadowing of your glory of that spirit of Samuel, the apostolic prophetic anointing to a soul system, that you would increase his voice. I thank you, God, for an increase of favor on Lewis's voice, that doors would open that to this point have never been opened before, that ways of access, the gates would open to this point have never opened before, but right now, an impartation of favor and grace, be a Samuel to a soul system. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. That is my life. And if, if that angers you, then maybe you're more a part of a soul system than you realize. Maybe my existence is rubbing you because I am to break you out. And if you would humble yourself, I could break you out of that. But if you don't, then I, I'll be like a hammer to it. I'm not backing down from my calling in God. I refuse to for the sake of protecting a soul system, a spirit of religion. <clears throat> You know, religious spirits kind of get worried about customs. Now, what's funny is the pastors have their customs, but you know what? Evangelists have theirs. Teachers have theirs. We all have our little pet ways of doing stuff. <clears throat> oh, you got to, well, here's one I love. He hasn't, this one came up this last couple of weeks. You know, he hasn't paid, he hasn't spent the time to pay the price to be part of our stream. The problem was it wasn't supposed to be a one-stream event. It was supposed to be multiple streams. They can't handle it. They don't realize their own immaturity, their own weakness. They don't understand. And what's funny is in this meeting, uh, they were talking about a certain culture that comes to America and doesn't get outside their culture. And guess what? They have their culture they can't get out of. It's a religious system. We all think our system's better, but there's a kingdom way. And when it opposes scripture and opposes the spirit and it's dishonoring, it is not the Holy Ghost. It's the flesh and it's a religious spirit. 
They, look, I'm going to just give you some scriptures of this. Jesus in Matthew 12. Jesus is um, going to go on the Sabbath day. Right? He's walking through the grain fields. And it says, at that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only the priest? Or have you not read the law of the Sabbath that the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you, in this place there is one greater than the temple. But you have not known what it, this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guilt. You would have would not condemn the guiltless. For the Son of Man is is Lord of the Sabbath. You know, what we don't understand is like we would rather we will do opposing to what God wants, call it God, you know, which is really sad because we do. I mean, people do this a lot. Let's let's look at another one. <clears throat> let's look at let me make this a little larger so my I can read it to you real easy. Jesus says this is John chapter eight. Listen to this one. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in their midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. The very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. Who are they going to accuse? Listen, sometimes people use the sins of others to accuse you. Why? Because you're merciful and they are not merciful. Because you are honoring and they are not honoring. Because you because you restore people that they can't restore. Because they are religious and you're free. So Jesus stooped down, wrote on the ground with his finger, and as though he did not hear. So when they continued to ask him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you. Let him throw the first stone. Let me tell you, you want to throw a stone at someone who has sinned and, by the way, has been forgiven by God, has been restored. You want to still throw stones? Okay. You think Jesus is throwing stones? Why don't I point out all the people in your midst that have sin, that you tolerate? Because, yeah, this is what people don't understand about the prophetic and my, my calling. Randy said this to me. I would go teach to three schools, Miami, uh, Jacksonville, Orlando. And I, I, this anointing came on my life where I could, I mean, I was perceiving a lot. And I didn't call everything out. I don't call out sin normally. But the Lord, I told this to Randy, he says, Lou, I could tell that that mantle of the prophet is now coming upon you. Okay. It's I don't you know you know Bill I told you this on another video Bill challenged me Bill Johnson challenged me look Randy gave me my prophetic Bill gave me the apostolic so like when I'm with Randy people would say to say my God you sound like Randy but people would pray over me at Bethel and they go and not knowing that Bill laid hands on me not knowing that what happened in my life and they go I'd see a mantle on you like Bill I flew out twelve times. 
to be around Bill Johnson so I could watch the anointing, be in the anointing, and, and learn from the anointing. So the anointing on his life and on mine could kind of co-mingle and teach me. You know, Jesus wrote in the sand here, so let's just go down. You know the story. <clears throat> and when he raised, when Jesus raised himself up, this is verse 10, he saw no one but the woman. He said, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And he said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. What is Jesus saying to her? He said, look, I'm the, don't sin no more. I'm the light of the world. If you're going to follow me, you shouldn't be walking in darkness, but have the light of life. That is true. But let me tell you something. The sexual uh, immorality, the false, the bad character of one does not trump, is not, um, your bad character is even louder. Your religious spirit, your unforgiveness. Of course, you won't you won't actually say that publicly, because you know we'll be met with, oh my God, why are we so unforgiving? You'll do it in your little group because you don't have the boldness. You don't want to go, you don't want to do it. Your your religious spirit is now to be seen by all. I warned there is a price coming. I warned it. I, I've warned it. I've, I've done my warning part. Now, I'm not calling people out publicly. They know who they are. I hate sin, but I do actually love the sinner. I hate sin not because God's so angry. By the way, he does hate sin too. Because, But why does God hate sin? Well, it's an offense to him. No. Think of as a father. He hates sin because he knows, number one, you're not following me when you're following sin. Two, it's not the best for you. It's always got consequences. The wages of sin is death. So if, even though you're a believer, you want to keep operating in sin, maybe death has been around you because of your religious spirit. Look, don't think believers don't have... I, I don't believe there's no judgment. I believe that the judgments of God are good, and he's already spoken them. If you eat the the bread in an unworthy manner, you take the communion in an unworthy manner, many of you are sick and asleep. You can open yourself up. That, the problem is sometimes sickness is just a pure attack and sometimes it's an attack because we've opened the door. And we need to understand the difference. They sit in judgment. Paul said, examine yourselves to see if you're of the faith. Look, Jesus said, you know, you should have kept your um you should have kept mercy i mean a tithing you tithe your mint um and your cinnamon you know he goes you tithe all this stuff but you forgot the weightier things of the law and this thing he says woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and i'm neglecting the weightier matters of the law justice mercy and faith Say mercy. Look, you cannot have justice without mercy. Mercy triumphs justice or judgment. Let me explain to you what justice is. 
Justice is not taking out your brother. Justice is freeing your brother. Justice is getting your brother free. Otherwise, Scripture would not tell us to go to our brother and restore him. That might not be your calling for a specific case, but stay out of the way of the accusers of the brethren. Why? You will find that Jesus is never on the side of the accuser. Look, in a court system, you have a judge. Jesus is also a judge. The Father is a judge. You also have a prosecutor. That is the devil. That is that religious person. And you also have a defend the uh, a defense attorney. That is Christ. He is our defense. He is our advocate. He is always making intercession for us. But he also judges us. How does he judge us? He judges us whether or not by faith we have come to his atonement or are we operating in some other spirit? I never want to be on the seat of the accuser. It's amazing how many people tolerate that. I do not. I'm, I do not. <clears throat> Let me tell you the history of Jacksonville. In the late 80s, I believe it was, there was a Chinese man. I do not know him. Um, I got born again in 89, so I didn't know him. Randy Letcher told me this story. He said a gentleman came here and he tried to raise up the prophetic. And I think it was three or six years, whatever it was, he had tried. And Jacksonville rejected the prophets. And he went to England and six months later reportedly died of a broken heart that Jacksonville rejected the prophets. Randy knew that story. And the Lord spoke to Randy and said, I want you to go to Jacksonville and raise up the school of prophets. So Randy and Kathy came. And, you know, they were here probably over 10 years, maybe. Well, I met Kathy in 94. They left it around 03, 04, so somewhere in there. And um, they came up and they raised up a lot of prophetic people. And they raised up this prophet right here. And I got ordained with them. Um, God, I so miss them sometimes. The, thing, the good thing is I've got, you know, uh, I've got a lot of prophetic words for them, but up in my attic, I also have a lot of cassette tapes of Randy's old teachings, which I'm thinking about actually pulling off of there and putting them, getting them transferred to audio if they're still, if I could do that. And I might put them on my website and, um, you know, or make a, a memorial site for Randy or something like that where people can hear this great man's teaching. Um, I mean, I mean, let me tell you, and this is old stuff, but stuff that you might not even taught you guys, but I had all, I used to sell it for him and all that stuff back then. I could still hear his voice in this. Him just go, I could just see him looking at me going, oh. <laughs> that would be Randy. We go, oh, man. We don't want to do this stuff. But Randy and Kathy got absolutely stoned and slaughtered in Jacksonville, Florida, by pastors, by religious spirits, false accusation. If you want to, and I walked through all of that with them. What I what really bothered me was when the accusations were proven 100% false, all the ministers were quiet as a church mouse. Why? Because it seemed that it was more important to keep their reputation than it was to restore brothers. I hated that. It's said of Jacksonville, why you want to go, this is Margaret will tell you, when she said she was moving to Jacksonville, someone told her, why do you want to move to Jacksonville? That's where they stoned the prophets. 
I'm going to go, go to that in a second here. Um, and I don't mean to be so rough. I'm hoping that this week's podcast you'll hear me. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm raising up a company of prophets. That's what I'm doing. And apostles in this area. All right. So then when Randy, Randy was leaving, I was driving on I-40. I I see Sherry lived on like exit 72 at the time. I don't think it's the same exit anymore in Nashville because they've changed all the exit numbers. But she lived in West Nashville and I was driving to the airport. It was October 04. And the Holy Spirit, or to be honest with you, God's presence came in the room, in the car. And I, I literally didn't think... I was going to live. I It was so intense that I, I was in, in fear and awe of God. And it was about three or four minutes of me just being very quiet as I'm driving, just listening to the Holy Spirit, feeling his presence, that I finally said, what do you want? And... The Spirit spoke to me and said this, I want to release my power in Jacksonville. Now, I was thinking about moving to Nashville. So I said, you tell me who you want me to go say that to and prophesy that to, and I will do it. And Holy Spirit said to me, I want to use you. Now, I was still kind of reeling from what I watched happen to Randy and Kathy. Um, you know, it was so painful to watch. It was so painful not just to watch what they did to them, but what it did to them. How it, how it hurt them. Um, it was really sickening to watch. By the way, I don't think any of those seven ministers are in the pulpit anymore. And not because they've died. Just so you know. And Randy, I love you, Randy. I do love you. And it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch the, 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 the spirit of how he felt so rejected and, and, and dejected. And when the Lord spoke that to me, it took me a while to respond. And I said, Lord, that's going to cost me everything. And the Lord said, yes. And I said, okay, you can have everything. But I have to have the power in Jacksonville. There's got to be the power revealed in Jacksonville. Not just the drunken spirit. I mean the power. Miracles. And the Lord's been faithful to me with that. Kimberly Rivera prophesied over me. She didn't know this story. This was in 2010. And I've got it on video. She prophesied over me. That. The Lord, 
she sang it. I should put the clip up. When you, when I asked you to stay, you stayed. She didn't, I don't think she knew what that meant. Because we weren't that close back then. It was really the first time I really met them, met them. We fell in love with them. I think they fell in love with us. They're our dear friends now. They're just, shoot. Love them. And, and I knew what it meant. I knew what it meant. Kathy looked at me last night. She was not happy with this religious spirit again. And she goes, but we're just going to have to do what the Lord has asked us to do. I love my wife. I so love my wife. I love her. I love her so much. She's been faithful. Oh, we, it's not that we don't get angry. It's not that we don't get upset. It's not that we don't get hurt. We have to deal with all those things on our human side. But the thing is that we're going to be obedient. But I just, I'm just worried. Look, and I've had people oppose me. I had this one instance. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to tell you who. I had this one person who was, did the same kind of stuff. We're going to do stuff together, but it really didn't mean together. And then he, he just really started getting kind of off. And I was coming out of a meeting and I heard that he had a stroke. Someone texted me and said he had a stroke. And the Lord said, you, he said, this is the result of him opposing me. He has opened himself up. Of which I went to the hospital in the middle of the day where he was at right away, went, drove right down the road, went to the hospital and sat outside and prayed for him until word came out an hour later that he was going to be okay. You do not want to oppose the spirit. It's not good. I don't care if you don't like somebody. What makes you think everyone... You'll sit there and say, well, I don't like everybody. Everyone doesn't like me. But that's, that's not really Christ-likeness. Love everybody. It is a commandment. And love covers, doesn't expose. But I, I'm, that religious spirit is dangerous because it gives a sense of, I'm superior. It sometimes takes me a couple of days of wrestling into forgiveness and love. It, I, mean, I, I mean, I won't trust them, but I love them. I'll actually pray. You know, there's there's something Bill Johnson told me. Pray for those who, you know, he has on his list, those who have done him the worst. <laughs> and so, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately for you, you made the list. Now I get to pray for you every day, you know, but you made the list and I have to go before the Lord. I will go before the Lord because it's important that I do that because I will do what is what is the kingdom. But that spirit, you don't want to be operating in that spirit. That spirit is wicked. That spirit is evil. You might be more religious than you think. And you might be under a different spirit more than you realize. You might want to think about that. Let me just make this announcements. Number one, find me on 
thegatechurch.locals.com. Sorry, I waited this long. Two, um, lewisdcana.com. Three, School of the Prophets, Jacksonville, 2022. Get ready for it. It's coming. It's a physical school. You go, but Lou, I'm in, I'm in my, I'm in. I believe the Lord wants me to pick up a circuit from Randy and start doing the schools like Randy did. Like Elisha and Elisha. Elijah and Elisha. I'm having some of his sons are calling me. And I told them, I'll be here for you and help you. I'll pick up in a place where Randy left off for some of those, if they want it, I'm willing to do that, to help them, to honor Randy, honor the Holy Spirit, and complete what, what we're called to do. That his name, to be honest with you, I want his name to live on. I want his name to live on. He means that much to me. And I'm going to honor that all the days of my life. I love you. I'm praying for you. Jackson will get ready. There's going to become an explosion of the prophets and the apostles. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.